Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, brought to you by Ceres. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. I'm very pleased to welcome today's Sustainable Finance Podcast guest to this episode. She spoke recently at the World Climate Summit 2022, the investment COP on how finance can help high-emitting industries decarbonize. Claire Dorian is head of sustainable finance, capital markets for the London Stock Exchange Group. She's joining us today to talk about why the LSEG recently launched a solution for the voluntary carbon market. But before we start, I want to say a few words about our sponsor. I'm thrilled to talk about the important work Ceres is doing. Ceres is a nonprofit organization working with the most influential capital market leaders to solve the world's greatest sustainability challenges. Through their powerful networks and global collaborations of investors, companies, and nonprofits, Ceres drives action and inspires equitable market-based and policy solutions throughout the economy. To learn more, Go to series.org slash podcast. That's C-E-R-E-S dot org slash podcast. At Series, sustainability is the bottom line. Hello, Claire, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Hi, delighted to uh, be here today. Thank you. Yes, and you have a late-breaking story to share with us to start off the program, right? Tell us about it. We do, yeah, thank you. Um, so look, we're going to talk a lot more about um, the voluntary carbon market and the fact that the London Stock Exchange has been the first exchange to use our public market framework to help facilitate funding in climate mitigation projects that generate carbon credits. But today, um, I'm really, really pleased to say that Foresight Sustainable Forestry has been the first fund that's going to be eligible um, to receive the um, voluntary carbon market designation based on the fact that it's forestry and their um, afforestation portfolio that they have follows one of the um, certification bodies, the UK Woodland Carbon Code, that uh, we recognise under our admission and disclosure standards. So uh, it's really great to see that happening um, with less than uh, a year since we first really sort of announced that we were intending to do this. That's wonderful news, and I'm glad to be breaking the story for you. So uh, let's move on to some of the questions that we have. And the first one is, how does the voluntary carbon market designation work, and who will use it? Well, look, I, I just sort of mentioned that, you know, we announced during COP last year, so COP26, that we really saw that the voluntary carbon markets was an important enabler of how you can transition to the low carbon economy. And since then, we were really focused on how do we build a voluntary carbon market that doesn't trade the carbon credits, but how can actually you channel direct financing into those um, carbon offset projects and to be able to generate the carbon credits. And so we are, as I said, the first exchange to be able to use our capital markets infrastructure to help in that challenge of financing climate projects. So it's a, a designation that's open to funds and to operating companies that they're admitted to the main market or aim. And so requiring this admission means that we are really leveraging the protection of our existing market frameworks that we have. So that means that you've got the emission process protections through the FCA or through AIM regulation. You've got disclosure obligations at admission. And then you have the market abuse regime, that the ongoing disclosure obligations that you have there. 
So it really means that in our admission and disclosure standards that we've introduced, particularly for the VCM, we can focus on key issues that are relevant to climate change mitigation projects that are going to generate those, those carbon credits. Um, and I said, you know, this innovation really is going to help channel the vital investment that's needed into climate mitigation, helps uh, really to scale up that supply of um, carbon credits that's really needed in that supply side and improve market access for buyers of those credits and brings a, a greater sense of uh, transparency and accountability. That's great. Of course, the accountability and transparency is 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 uh, a primary focus, especially when we're talking about this marketplace. Uh, you mentioned that there are uh, uh, regulatory infrastructures to prevent abuse. Could you say a little bit more about those? Because I think in my conversations with asset managers and investors, that's the that's the main question they have about carbon trading regimes. Yeah, so look, you know, I, I think that, you know, what you need to make sure that you that is in place in the market is, you know, some good um, regulatory processes at, at different parts of the uh, the value chain of engaging in the VCM e ecosystem. You know, so what we have, have chosen to do when you look at the, the primary market um, solution that we're doing is to look at how we can leverage some of the proven and existing VCM standard bodies that already exist in the market. So we have stated within our admission disclosure standards that we're going to be recognising the standards that are endorsed by um, the International Carbon Reduction and Offset Alliance, ACROA. And that includes some of those organisations like Vera and Gold Standard and the, and the UK Woodland Carbon Code. Um, and then also in time, um, the standard bodies that's going to be endorsed by the uh, Integrity Council for the Voluntary Carbon Markets. Um, and that will be included once they have um, addressed and looked at um, the core carbon principles. So you need to, I think, certainly sort of for the way in which we are structuring the, the work that we're doing is bringing together the public market regulation and then what is proven and existing in, in the voluntary carbon markets. Great. Well, thank you very much for that additional information. Now, we've already mentioned that uh, Foresight Sustainable Forestry is your first uh, client in terms of setting up a contract. What other engagements with market participants have you had so far related to this new exchange? Well, look, we've, we spend a great deal of time actually speaking to a variety of different individuals across not just the carbon markets ecosystem, but across the financial markets ecosystem as well. Um, and I think it's really important that we continue to do those as it as the market evolves. We worked um, initially when I we set up um, this intention to do uh, to make uh, our announcement and to uh, help to design the rules. We put in place an advisory group, really, of various different sustainability experts and stakeholders so that we could structure what the designation would need to look like. And we also launched um, a market consultation in July to make sure that we gathered all of the different um, viewpoints across um, industry. And we wanted to make sure we did that to ensure that the rule book that we finally came out with, our admission disclosure standards, works for the entire market while upholding many of those you know, high standards that need to exist. And so then we really cleared it, have a clear definition now of rules that enable eligible issuers to follow, uh, including things like you know, the qualifying bodies that need to adhere to, the different project types and the expected carbon yield. And I think that also just meant that we felt we 
we launched this you know, with a, a tailwind of having strong support for establishing this designation. What's really important for us as well is how we continue to engage and to help to build the pipeline of these funds and these operating companies that will list on our markets, as well as um, engaging with many of the corporates who we see as important investors and cornerstone investors into these vehicles. So, you know, you can have some of the, the listed companies on our markets um, who would like to invest in a fund to ultimately you know, procure carbon credits in the future. So they're an important participant that we also need to continue engagement with. Okay, that's great. So what type of carbon offset projects are likely to receive investment and which standard setters, you've mentioned uh, that as a general group, will you be using for these projects? Well, look, I think what we think will happen on talking to many of the fund managers um, that have perhaps already have um, renewable energy or green funds listed on our markets, that ultimately what we want to ensure is that you have a, a wide variety of funds that are investing in different project types because the needs of those investors are evolving. You know, some would like to have, you know, sort of nature-based projects. Others might like to invest in a portfolio mix that are a nature and more carbon capture technology projects. But I think, you know, what is um, important though is how those um, standard bodies and, and setters are, you know, are recognised. It, it certainly isn't, we believe, in the London Stock Exchange's role to opine on creating a new standard body, which mm. is why I mentioned that we feel that it's important that we leverage some of those recognised standard bodies that already exist and have stated within our admission disclosure standards that we'd recognise our CROA and then um, ICVCM as that uh, involves. Okay. Now, how will the economics and pricing of funds with the designation work? Look, that's a really good question. You know, And ultimately, I think this is going to depend on the the funds and, and the vehicles themselves and their investment strategy because what we've done is try to design this to be set up as flexible as possible for them to innovate but if i take um for example if i took a fund you know they've they would have the provision then to be able to you know retire or hold or, or sell the credits and the, and i also have the choice around whether they would issue a cash um, or dividend in, in specie in the form of carbon credits um but i think you know what we wanted to make sure is that you know you can have different dynamics here. You could have a pure play sort of invested um, fund that's solely investing in, in in climate change mitigation projects, or you might have um, a fund that has a proportion invested and the rest in in green um, projects as well. So you know our rules were stating that issuers must disclose the minimum percentage of gross assets that they have um, that are invested in projects. Uh, whether those are proposed projects or qualifying projects, and that they do that at admission and they keep updating the market should the changes in the level of those um, adapt over over the years. And where you don't have a fund that is pure play and it's not fully investing in the projects, then we've stated that the remainder of those investments must be mapped and be compatible with climate change mitigation and, and mapped to some of the... Um, sectors that exist within our FTSE Russell Green Revenues Classification System. So giving you know full transparency and confidence to investors. That's great. So the, these are a couple of the ways that LSCG will ensure 
that these funds are delivering real emission reductions or removals? Are there others that uh, our listeners might want to know about? So, look, I think, you know, the v- the VCM designation really is going to require issuers to produce a lot of additional disclosures. You know, it's, it's going to be about making sure that um, it's how the projects are either directly or indirectly mm-hmm. financing um, the climate change mitigation projects how uh, the qualifying bodies are being recognised and which standards are being applied to the projects, the different project types, you know, the location of those projects is important there as well for an understanding and and also the expected credit yield, the carbon credit yield, and and also the extent to which they're expecting that they're going to meet some of the, um, the UN sustainable development goals. So really sort of, you know, underpinning all of this and our objective is to make sure that it's, the investors who have the the knowledge and information and the transparency to then be able to make those investment decisions based on what is being disclosed by that fund or by the um, operating company. Now, you've mentioned uh, geographic location as one of the challenges that the VCM faces today. Uh, what other challenges are there out there that uh, either you've identified or you're, you're, you're anticipating will be part of this process? Well, do you know what? I think a lot of it is, you know, because the speed of change, you know, there's so much that is happening in the voluntary carbon market ecosystem, you know, at the moment and, and the innovation that's happening you know, throughout the value chain. Um, and there are sort of, you know, varying degrees of, of volatility around um, demand. And I think, you know, you certainly see um, that companies have really started to engage in this area. You know, they they are, you know, recognising that um, it's helpful that they've got science-based targets in place. And, you know, there's been the science-based target initiative has been very clear that, you know, companies ought to look at offsetting beyond their value chain. But I think it's, it's still sort of an, an area that, many participants are grappling with and trying to sort of, you know, understand what their strategies are and how offsetting has a a part to play in meeting some of those net zero targets that have been set. So when you say um, throughout their value chain, are we talking about scope one, two and three emissions that people are are tracking or is there some limitation within that or or less than the whole picture, I guess, is what I'm really... Yeah, I I think when I'm sort of talking about value chain, I was meaning there more about sort of the the VCM ecosystem itself, because you've got so many different market participants that Mm. are either already in the market today because it has been operating for a number of years and you've got, you know, some some strong sort of OTC um, market participants there, but you've got, you know, you have NGOs involved, you have um, registries You've got all of the standard bodies. You've got, you know, new technologies and new project types evolving. You've got um, tokenization and uh, all different innovations that are happening across um, this market. And it's all just happening, you know, at a very high speed of change. Mm. Yes. Well, thanks for that clarification. Now, Claire, how do you see the voluntary carbon markets framework developing over the next year, in 2023, what are you anticipating are the, the challenges and the things that you're going to be excited about developing as well? 
Yeah, look, I think, you know, for us very much, it's about, you know, how can we help to build this pipeline? You know, how can we help to build the pipeline of the funds and the and the companies that can utilise the, uh, the the designation? And we're really then focusing a lot of efforts on that and connecting up the project developers, connecting up the fund managers and, and the corporates. So I think that's a big area of, of development. You know, we've as you said earlier, you know, we had the first fund that has used the designation, but it is about you know a long-term vision here and how we build our pipeline. And I also think it's uh, you know, from the angle of investors, and you think about you know their engagement. Uh, you know, as you've you've got more companies setting those net zero targets, you've got you know a greater pressure on the demand side, um, and then looking at what type of projects that they potentially want to um, invest in. I think that isn't it another developing area i mean look you didn't see a huge amount of progress at the un level um at, at, at cop um recently in relation to the, the bunch of carbon markets but it doesn't mean that things aren't happening and it's happening i think a lot more within industry and within civil society and so i think that this isn't a, a part of development just within one particular ecosystem you know it's about you know how we all kind of coming together around the fact that this market has a way to help to support um climate change mitigation well i certainly agree with you claire and i can i can tell you from my experience in speaking with asset managers and asset owners uh, as well as financial advisors on a day-to-day -day basis, that everyone is really starting to understand that we're entering a period of time where regulation is going to ramp up, companies are going to be accountable, they're going to have to report much more clearly, and so everybody across the spectrum, I think, is preparing for this next cycle uh, of development within the industry. So congratulations on your leadership role at LSCG. Now, where online can our listeners learn more about the Voluntary Carbon Markets Framework at LSCG, and how can they reach you with questions about the topics that we've discussed in today's episode? Thank you. Well, look, the best place to find um, information on our voluntary carbon market um, is on our website. So um, if you take a look at www.londonstockexchange.com, uh, navigate yourself to the, the raise finance section and, uh, and under equity, there is a section on voluntary carbon market. And there we've, we have a, an explainer video that we produced. Um, we've also got a, a graphic, an infographic that shows you the different steps that are involved in the, in the process. Um, and also contact information for the team should you have any more queries. And we'd be very delighted to help you, whether you're a fund that are looking to list on our markets or whether it's an investor looking to invest in one of the vehicles. Great, Claire. And if you could send us any links that you think would be helpful to our listeners, we will attach them to the Bright Talk channel version of this program and people can access them there. So thanks very much again to Claire Dorian, Head of Sustainable Finance Capital Markets at the London Stock Exchange Group, and to our sponsor, the Series Accelerator for Sustainable Capital Markets. The Series Accelerator is a center of excellence within Series that aims to transform the practices and policies that govern capital markets to reduce the worst financial impacts of the climate crisis. For more information, go to series.org slash accelerator. That's C-E-R-E-S dot org slash accelerator. And to our listeners, join us again next week for another episode. 
I'm Paul Ellis, and this is the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Sustainable Finance Podcast.